All right, good morning and, uh, and welcome to everyone to this part of the service. We're again going to be uh, talking about or talking in uh, the Bible and the Lord's Prayer. For those of you that have missed some of it, we're going to begin by, uh, I know that sometimes people think uh, up and down, up and down, and up and down, that's all we do around here, but I'm going to have you stand again, and we'll, uh, how many know the Lord's Prayer by memory? How do you run this thing here? This one, down, there we go. I want you to say it by memory, not cheat. <laughs> okay, let's stand and say the Lord's Prayer loud enough that it annoys the people around you. Remember that? Okay. Let's see, I need someone to, uh, to uh, come up and lead. So, oh, Samuel, something wrong with your foot? You lead this group in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right. Thank you. You may be seated. We have been uh, preaching through the Lord's Prayer. And as you will remember, in Luke 11, the first verse, the disciples came to Jesus and said that, or the people did and, and said that he should teach them to pray as who also taught his disciples? Who? John. As John taught his disciples. That's correct. Why would he have said that? The disciples must have heard Jesus praying. And so John was teaching his disciples to pray. But I think that it, I would guess that the people were very impressed with the way that, that Jesus prayed. I think all of us would have been inspired and impressed by hearing Jesus talk to his father. And so Jesus said... This is the way that you should pray. He said, didn't say what you should pray, but this is the way that you should pray. So looking at chapter 6, we have uh, Jesus teaching us about uh, a few things in the beginning of this chapter about giving alms 
and that they need to be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret, it says in verse 4, himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. God is going to reward thee openly. If you pray in secret, you're not praying to be heard or to be seen. God is going to reward you openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. All right, so today we're going to be teaching from verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, it seems kind of strange that we have noted in, this, in the first part of this uh, prayer that we are talking to the Father, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We notice that God is in heaven, and we are not, and God is in control, and we are not. And also that... Uh, Hallowed be thy name, or holiness becomes the Lord, or God is holy. And we ju it just seems like we get into an, a, a frame of, of just adoring God. And, and just when we come to prayer, it's, just, it's so awesome to be talking to God and knowing that he hears us. And, and uh, he goes on and he tells us how that uh, we should be... Uh, mission-minded, thy kingdom come, and everything is just so great. A, a good place to be is to, uh, speaking to God and letting him know how much we love and appreciate him. You know, when, when we really appreciate someone on this earth, we have a tendency to tell them quite often that we appreciate them and that we love them or you know, just appreciate what they do. And uh, so that's what we have in our relationship with God. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And we're so wrapped up in, in thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What better thing could we recognize than to know that God's will is being done? We want it to be that way. We, uh, it's just an awesome attitude, frame of mind to be in or or spirit to be in when we're praying to God like that. And then in verse 11, well, he says, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, in verse 10. So that's, that's all, it's a great thing. We want the Lord's will to be done on this earth like it is in heaven. Then in verse 11, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. And we think it's, what a 
the first part was so selfless, you know. But now we get into verse 11, and it seems so selfish. Give us this day our daily bread. But is it really? Is it selfish? Is it selfish when God tells us that he wants to answer our prayer? He wants to give us whatever we ask for. Now remember, there's a screening done when we pray. It needs to be done. And the more we learn about God, the more we know what his will is. Can we learn to know God's will without reading the Bible, without reading the instructions and, and wanting to follow him? He makes his will known to them that will to do the will of God. If we don't have a will to do that, we're not going to find out what his will is. We have got to have a will to do the will of God. Lord, I'm going to serve you whatever the cost. I don't want to be left in this world when it burns up with fire on this earth. I do not want to be left here. I want to go to be with you forever when I leave this earth. So we say, give us this day our daily bread. And there's a lot that goes with that in, in praying that prayer. We need to ask God for our natural provision, things we need. When he talks about the daily bread, he's talking not only about bread. He's talking about everything that we need. But he uses the word daily bread here. And I've said this before, and I still think it's a, it's a good thing to ask God, I mean to pray, have our prayer time in the morning. Some people prefer to just, you know, in the morning they get up too late and they need to get to work, and so they wait to pray until the evening. Well, then your day is over with, and you haven't asked God for your daily bread to meet your daily needs. You have not asked him if you wait till the evening. Then you've got to say, Lord, give me good sleep. And if you haven't taken it to the Lord and allow the Lord to take over in your life, you won't get a good sleep because you worry about tomorrow. And the things that didn't get done today, how are you going to do them tomorrow? You just go to bed with a lot of worry. And that's why people can't sleep. You can't worry and trust at the same time. If you're trusting God, you're not worrying. If you're worrying, you're not trusting. See how that works? It's amazing what happens when we, when we uh, trust the Lord, when we believe, just really have faith that Things are going to turn out all right. So, we need to ask God for natural provision. We could go back into the uh, book of Exodus, and maybe we should. Turn to that book, if you uh, will. Exodus 16. When we talk about the natural provision, provision and the bread that 
the Lord wants to give us. This is, this is an awesome thing. Exodus chapter 16, verses uh, 4 and 5. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the, that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they, get, as they gather daily. Okay, I think that's as far as I want to read. Now they were supposed to go out, and they were supposed to gather an omer. Now this is not speaking about your cousin, you know, but it's speaking about uh, it. An omer would be about two quarts of manna a day, and that was enough provision for one person for that day. And if they if they did that, they uh, were. Uh, Blessed, they were healthy, living good. But some people got to thinking, well, you know, I'm going to get more than an omer, or I don't really need that much, or I'm going to get more. So they got more. And the story continues that when they got more, the next morning, when they didn't eat it all the night before, the next morning, the food, the manna, began to stink, and it got moldy. And it says that the children of Israel, the Lord did this to prove and to test them to see whether they really love me or not. And so they said, well, that's what God says. Yeah, but I think I'm going to do this. I think I'll just go ahead and do, I'll get more than what he wanted. But what happened was, it got moldy and it stank. And then on the Saturday or, or on the evening or day before the Sabbath, they were supposed to gather twice as much so they would have enough for the Sabbath day. Well, what happened? They, they, if they, didn't, if they uh, didn't do it, then they were, without, they were without food because nothing came down. The Lord didn't rain that manna down on, uh, on the Sabbath. There was nothing there. So it was, it was quite an interesting test, and it says that the children of Israel failed the Lord early in their pilgrimage because they didn't obey this in regards to what he told them to gather. And he said that he was going to test them. I wonder how often have we been tested in our life to prove or to see, for the Lord to see whether we really mean business with him. Am I really devoted to, to God and to his son Jesus Christ or do I take my own way yeah well the Bible does say this but you know I don't think that we need to obey every detail that he has outlined for us there oh yeah well just try and be disobedient and see what happens what happens you lose out on your faith you say just a little thing well, if you fail to bring the little things to God and let him supply it, soon you're going to fail in the big things as well. And it's not very, 
It's not all that important that we ask God to give us our daily bread. So it's important in the morning that we ask God. I'll give you an illustration. As, as you know, I do uh, deliver travel trailers. And Friday a week ago, I was going up through Chicago. And as I was, up, as I was going through Chicago, this one lady came and hit me on the side of the truck. She ran a red light and hit the front of my truck. So that put the truck out, out of commission. I mean, it was, it, it wouldn't even go anymore. So it's in the shop up there now. And I was, I don't know how you respond when you have an accident, but it it just really worked on me. I mean, I was nervous and couldn't think straight, which I have a hard time doing even if I don't have an accident. But, <laughs> but anyhow, it was, you know, just like when you go through a bad thing. And, and I, I admit I was, I was worrying and not trusting the Lord. And then I began to think of what I was sharing out of this um, prayer and so that morning, after a few nights of, of worrying and, and wondering, you know, people told me that they can take you to court and they can, you know, the, the lawyers can make you believe something that isn't even true, you know. But I, I don't know how all that works. But I was kind of wondering, you know, what was going to happen. So I prayed that. That one morning, I said, we did, and I, I asked the Lord to uh, give us this day our daily bread. So my wife was going that day, and, and uh, so I called her two hours later. But before these two hours were up, the insurance company called and said that the other party is taking full responsibility. I was just like, a heavy load off of me. I mean, I said, thank you, Jesus. I, I took five minutes just to to stand there and just praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I'm not glad that the other party has to pay for it and everything. I, I mean, I'm not rejoicing in that, but I was still glad that it wasn't my fault and they are taking full responsibility. I took a weight off of me. And so I just... Uh, I just rejoiced and, and I called my wife and told her. So when we pray for our daily needs, it represents our relationship, our relationship with God, our relationship with one another. We always have daily needs of having a good relationship with one another in the church. You know, sometimes people can really kind of upset us. You ever experienced that? Or you're just a little bit upset with some people. And, and when the disciples came to Jesus and he was talking to them and he had told them different things and, and Jesus said, don't you yet understand what I'm trying to say? And I don't know, but it says that Jesus was tempted in every point like as we are. And some of us would say, why don't you idiots get this? You know, that I'm trying to tell you. But 
you know, I don't know if Jesus said that or not, but it says that he was tempted in every, every way that we are, so maybe he had that in his mind. I don't know. I'm not saying that he did, but he says that he was tempted in all points like as we are. Every point. All right, we'll leave that. I'm not saying that he thought that, but I'm just trying to make a make an, a point there. Okay, the next thing I would like to say is a, another story, how that we need to pray all the time. I mean, for every morning, and, and, and keep this in mind. It helps us to trust in God when we do that. Give us this day our daily bread. There was a little boy, and this little boy said, uh, Dad, I would like to have a baby brother. And Dad said, well, that is something that you're going to have to pray for. You're going to have to ask God. So he prayed one month. Nothing happened. He prayed for two months. Nothing happened. He prayed for three months. Nothing happened. So he told his dad, he said, I'm going to quit praying because I prayed for three months and nothing happened. So I'm just going to quit. Well, the father didn't, didn't say anything to him in relation to that, but he just left it go for a while. And it was some time after that, dad came to the son and said, son, I'd like for you to go with me to the hospital. And so they went to the hospital. When they got there, dad went over to the baby room. He pulled back the curtain, and there was a little baby brother. Oh, the son just thought, how wonderful that I'm going to have a baby brother. Pulled the curtain back a little more, and he said, there's another brother. Oh, the son was just amazed at two. And then he pulled it back a little more, and there was the third one. Oh, he was absolutely fascinated and, and thrilled. And dad said, now, aren't you glad that you prayed? And the little boy said, yeah, dad, but aren't you glad I quit after three months? <laughs> <laughs> but that's just, that's just to tell you, you know, God does answer prayer. And God answers the little children's prayer. He answers the parents' prayer. He wants to supply our needs, but my God shall supply all your needs in Jesus Christ. Or I'm not sure how that verse. According to his riches. According to his riches. Yeah, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Now, it doesn't say that he will supply some of your needs. And some of us would like to believe that he supplies some of our needs, but the Bible says he supplies all of our needs. Now, which part of all don't we understand? All of it. That's, that's, that's absolutely amazing. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches through Christ Jesus. Okay? Another thing that we can notice in, in through this is after all our ancestors ate manna which while they journeyed through the wilderness as the scripture says Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat Jesus said I assure you 
Moses didn't give them bread from heaven. My father did, and now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now, Jesus is that true bread. So we understand that when he talks about bread, that Jesus wants to take care of everything, whether it be prosperity, whether we need financial help, whether we, whether we want health issues that we may have, or we have... Uh, well, today in today's world, some churches preach a prosperity gospel. You do certain things, and your finances and everything is going to be taken care of. God is just going to do it because you give to him. And others preach a poverty gospel, which means that everybody has the same amount of money. If one makes more than the other one, you're supposed to give it and bring everyone to the same level in the church. One is not supposed to be rich and the other one poor. It's supposed to be equal. So that's why you have some people, some churches, they don't allow some of the people to make more money than the others. It's supposed to be more divided out equally. Jesus, what kind of a gospel did Jesus preach? He preached a provision gospel. He didn't preach poverty, nor did he preach prosperity. But he said that he would bless us. He would bless us in the field and out of the field. He would bless us going out and coming in. God said that in the Old Testament. But today we understand, I understand that Jesus preached a provision. He will provide if we're able to trust him and believe in him. Jesus said that he is the bread of life that came down from heaven. So he takes care of our spiritual need. Now some people ask the, ask the Lord for certain things that they want spiritually. And what does the Lord tell them? What does the Lord tell you when you ask him to open up something to you? You think he's just going to rain down and come with, with his spirit? And he's going to tell you what he wants you to do. Sometimes he'll do that. Brother James taught us it was, I don't know when the first time was that he taught us how that we should get a rhema from God. Sometimes if you're, you're asking God for something, he wants you to go to the scriptures and find out what it says. I think if we would do that more, we would be in better position to receive from God. If the Bible tells us certain things, then that's a rhema from God, or that could be a rhema from God, but it'll help us to understand his will. If we, if we don't know his will, if we're not seeking his will all through our life, how do we expect God to bless us? Sometimes we ask God to bless what we're doing, even when we're doing something wrong, or we're cheating another person, or depriving people of certain things. That's not what we're supposed to do, so God can't bless us if we're doing that. He wants us to do it His way, the will of God. We want the will of God to come down to this earth, from heaven down to this earth, and it's done by prayer. We pray and ask God that His will be done here as it is in heaven. 
So God is is a God of provision. Jesus preached a provision gospel. I need to trust in his provision. Now again, I would like to tell you that that prayer needs to be prayed every day, daily, in the morning. Remember that. Because if you don't do that, how does God know that you want it? And he says if we want something, we're supposed to ask him. If you ask not, you receive not. If you ask, he'll give it to you. He'll answer your prayer through Jesus Christ the Lord. So if we, if we are worrying, we're not trusting. If we're trusting, we're not worrying about anything. Isn't that good food? Something good to digest? We're not used to doing that. It's hard. It's hard to trust. I, I was just in going through this thing of the accident. I got to the place where I said, Lord, I've been telling people to trust and trust. But when it comes to me and I'm personally supposed to trust you, it's so hard. It's hard to trust God. But the more we pray this prayer, the more we're going to learn what it means to trust God, that he is going to provide our daily needs. What more do you want than your daily needs supplied? If we go over into Malachi, the third chapter, I believe, God says that he's going to test us. Now, going to Malachi, it says there, I want you to test me. How do you like that? You test God. We test God. How do we do that? With our tithe. For some people, it's really, really hard to give 10% of their money to God, to the church. Or it's, it's really hard because, you know, I just don't have enough of money to make ends meet. There's just not enough there to give 10%. And when I make $300 and $30 of that, I give you know, I, I, I could pay off a little bill with that $30. It seems like what God is telling us, us is that the 90, $90 will go more than the, farther than the $100 will if we give it to the Lord, our 10%. Just 10%. He will bless the 90% more than the 100% if you keep the 100%. And I, I'm not just saying that. You can go to the book of Malachi, the third chapter, and read it. See what it says to you. The Lord says, test me. See if this is not what I'm going to do. Try it. Can't lose, but you'll gain. He'll bless your 90% will go farther than your 100% would. So, I think it's within reason that God expects us to live with Christian principles, with the, the things that are taught in, in the Bible, have principles to live by, 
have the Word of God to, as our instruction book. We can find most anything that we want to find in the Bible. The children of Israel were told exactly how much manna. To, you know what manna means in the Hebrew? What is it? Exactly. Go out and get us some what is it. You know. They didn't, that's what it meant. What the children of Israel thought. What is it? But it is considered to be manna. And that manna goes in every area of our life. So, Oh, one other thing that I wanted to bring out here is families need to ask God to give them daily bread. Employers need to ask God to give them daily bread. If you're an employer in here, you have a, a people working for you, then you need to understand that, that you need to be blessing these people that work for you. They have a family to support. They have bills to pay. They have all these things. So, so you as an employer uh, need to pray that God would give you daily provisions to daily bread because you want to bless these people that work for you. So it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing how that this, this thing works. So, Give us this day. He didn't say about tomorrow or yesterday. And we like to think, oh, I'm going to stuff my freezer full and I'm going to be have everything because we got a large family. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. But it, the Bible doesn't say give us this year our daily food. That's what we like to have. We like to see that everything is right there. The freezer is full. The shelves are full and everything is in there whenever we want something. And it's amazing that God made us to eat. We get hungry. And most of us eat three, three, three meals a day. Some of us not that much and some of us more. You know, but, you know, we, we eat in the morning and we have a break. And then we eat at lunch and then we have an afternoon break. And then we eat dinner or supper and after supper, we have a bedtime snack. And we probably don't need all of that. But God did make our bodies so that we need food. We can't live without food. So that God is going to supply our natural needs. He said he would. I believe he supplies our spiritual food. Daily bread would mean our spiritual food. He's going to give us that. The more we pray to him the more we're going to yearn for, for, for himself to, to reveal himself to us. And uh, things are just going to go better. I'll tell you, if you pray that prayer, things will go better. If things aren't going good for you, start praying this prayer. Your life will be changed. Because you're, now you're learning to trust God for every need that you have. Whether it be sickness, health reasons, financial reasons. Whatever it is, God will supply those needs. But if you're not willing to obey the principles, you can't expect God to, to uh, supply your uh, 
job and things like that. I think it's right for us to ask for a good job so that we can pay our bills. I think it's right for us to ask God for a good car so that it doesn't break down every week and we have to spend money to fix it. I think it's right for us to ask God for all of these things. Just ask. Ask the Lord and he will provide, make provision for you. Jesus preached a provision gospel. My God shall supply all, A-L-L, all your needs. Okay. So we would understand from this that God is, is a giver. God is a giver. He loves to give and give and give. Do we like to receive? Well, sure. So God supplies spiritual needs. God said, I am your provider. Health needs. Financial needs. Family needs. Relationship needs. Some people have big family relationship needs. Ask God to provide. Give us this day our daily bread. Ask God to provide for that. Okay. I think I'm going to quit with that. And uh, I think we'll just bow our heads for a few moments.